what we are speaking of, the means of grace are instruments that God has given the church to bless the church. And these are ways in which the Christian grows. Like we said in the beginning, God, who is the designer of everything, the creation, how the church ought to operate. This is something that is not to be isolated. We need the help of our brothers and sisters. We cannot be in isolation, think that we could do our Christian life by ourselves. We need the church. In the same way, the brothers and sisters' need of my gifts It's a communication of double sword. Not only am I blessed with the influence of my church by the preaching of the word, I am also blessing by serving the church and influencing the church. Sometimes we don't know as how the Lord may use us They may be small. For others, it may be a bigger impact in how the Lord uses us for them. Uh, We may tell brother, brother, I am praying for you. And we may come out and just be so glad and so happy. A brother or sister may leave a brother's house, so very encouraged, being so encouraged by them. We're talking about how to love the Lord. We are sharing together. There's a time of recreation. Every form of how you or the church We ought to understand how the church operates and it functions in unity and in communing with one and each other. It has a horizontal purpose. The church has a vertical purpose and a horizontal purpose. It's horizontal purpose. We saw it. Worship God. And its vertical purpose consists in the evangelization of the lost and the building of the saints. It is, we must exalt God, what he has done in our hearts, in our salvation. There are people that it takes them a lot to sing and hard for them to worship him. Worshiping is not the only way how we worship the Lord, but it's a particular way. The Word of God is very clear about worshiping. That one of them is by the way how we worship, is by singing. Psalms are are sings to the Lord, worship. Sometimes we're not motivated to worship the Lord. Because perhaps we are not meditating as much on the will of God in our lives. 
we are not meditating on the great things and, and mercy of God that he has shown towards us. We have this perception that we deserve it all. Yes, we deserve a pastor that cares for us. Brothers, there are brothers and sisters, there are brothers in other countries that do not have pastors in churches where, where they don't have any pastors that are sound theologically and biblically. And we get emails day after day saying, pastors, do you know any theological, biblical churches in our area that we can go to? Not meditating on God's will. We are not going to have that desire to worship. When we have noticed how great God has been towards us in our lives, how he has given us family, food, water. God is very good in our life. We don't deserve the gifts that he has given us. We have done nothing to earn it, as Paul says in Ephesians. There are gifts of God. When we are considered of these things, we're going to be motivated. I want to serve others because I want to reflect what God has given me. How can I not be generous with others? How can I serve my brothers and sisters who are in need? How can I be how can I not be interested in others? These brothers are going through the same things in which I went through. We must meditate on these things. We must be more sensible to worship God. As I said, part of this purpose of this horizontal that we're going to focus on has to do with the means of grace that God has used within the church to edify, to help us grow in maturity. If you could please open your Bible to 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. You're going to find that Paul speaks of sanctification as believers being transformed. This is a term which is uh, metamorphia in Greek, a change. Paul speaks of this transformation, that we are being transformed. Being transformed, what does this mean? Salvation is an event. Salvation is, is what happens at a, a terminal time. I was saved at a moment in my life. The Lord saved me. At a point specific in my time. Not in a process. It's not that I am being saved. Not as a process. It's a sovereign act. And a miraculous act. To give life to a dead soul. It's an act. It's not that God is giving life. But that he has done it already. Sanctification. Maturity is a process. I am growing in sanctification. 
I am growing in and advancing in maturity. We Christians must evaluate their lives if they are growing in sanctification. Maybe I'm in the church for five years. Am I growing more in holiness than than last year? Have I been in the church for 10 years? Have I grown more in godliness in the last year, two years, than I did five years ago? Do I love more my brothers and sisters? Do I love my brothers and sisters more than I did five years ago? If the answer is no, there's a problem. We are not growing. And this must be an urgency in our lives. We must not be worried about things in which are not eternal. The, we, I understand there is a life we have to work, we have to take care of our families, but above those things, we must not disconnect those things with the Christian life. We do all those things with the biblical principles, how to glorify God. Having that perception, I have that motivation, having that motivation to grow and reflect more maturity in Christ-likeness, patience, love, joy, self-control, showing the fruit of the Spirit. I say, do I know God more? Am I closer to God? Have I grown closer to Him? This must be reflected. How does this is reflected? How is this reflected? Do you go to church? No. no. That is not the thermometer. That's not the way in which I know whether if I am growing. How do I know if I am growing? Because I love Christ more and I love my brothers and sisters more. I have more joy. I have more peace. I have more self-control. I am more patient with my husband or wife. I show self-control. I control my, more my mind, my, my desires, my acts. That is a thermometer, whether if I am growing. As Christians, sometimes we worry that are not important. Like, I want to change my house. I want to get a bigger house. Instead of having four bedrooms, I want six bedrooms. I'm exaggerating a little bit, or maybe. But but the point is, sometimes we have priorities in our lives that do not reflect as well in the scriptures. The Bible commands us to be transformed to the image of Christ. And sometimes that's not a priority, is it? It may be temporal. If you see Solomon, he had it all. At the end, he said, vanity, vanity. We must seek to store up treasures in heaven. To know Christ more. 
to invest more time with our brothers and sisters. It's not a small little thing. Eternally, we are going to have communion with our brothers and sisters. And it begins here at church. This is our eternal life. We grow in pleasing to the Lord. Salvation is one event. Sanctification is a progress. But I want to show you something. Sanctification is not an external. It's not just simple external. Externally. Because I could be pharisaical. To make changes externally will not make me a better Christian. Oh, I must I must demonstrate that I am more patient as I am here at church. I come home and I explode. I I get to the car and I explode with my husband, with my wife, with my children. That is not a genuine change of the blessed spirit. That is not a change of the Holy Spirit. Now the Holy Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit, demonstrates in a genuine transformation of love, more loving towards my brothers and sisters and the Lord, more patient. If you have doubt of how patient you are, how loving you are, ask your husband or your wife. Ask your husband or your wife, am I being more loving? Am I patient? And they're going to tell you, how it is very straightforward and that just shows that it shows the reflection of how much we need to grow more impatient even paul i don't want to uh, discourage you just a little bit so you don't feel bad even paul i am not what i want to be because while we are in this life on this side of heaven, we are not going to stop growing. If someone says, at this height, I'm not going to change. I'm already this age. I don't want to change. I already lived. I'm not going to change anymore. That's not the life of a Christian. As we are in this life, we have to know him more. We We are being molded. Paul says being transformed. Paul does not say, Paul does not say be transformed until you get to this age. No, he says being transformed. The Lord works through the means of grace, the preaching of the word. We want a change internal, not an external, uh, not an external change simply. Only God is able to make the change internally, to change the heart internally. And Ephesians, in Ephesians 2, 3, you can see this. It is God who in produces both will and doing by his good will. God is who transforms from the inside. We can't just make remodels externally. God is the only one that can transform us from the inside. The first means 
that he uses is the preaching of his word, the exposition of the word. That is why in the questions and answers, if you're in the church where the word is not being um, preached and taught what God has been revealed in his word, just if the preaching of the word, if just the preaching is like how to grow your bank account, how to grow your self-esteem, those those are just simple simple things, temporal things. Those are not having your mind set on the things above, eternal things. Those are contrary to the things in what Scripture speaks of. The Scripture prepares us for eternity. If churches are just preparing for temporal things from this world, that's that's just a red flag. That just shows that there's work to be done. The word, remember what we said in the first session. The church is here to is to make a column of the truth. John 17 says, Sanctify by your word. Thy word is truth. When the word speaks of thy truth, it, it is a revealed word. In Revelation, it says, um, it is the same by by his word. The way in which God uses the exposition of the word is the Holy Spirit is going to use the preaching of the word to bring us under the conviction of sin, righteousness, and justice. It is not something that just happens in salvation, but it keeps on happening as I am being exposed to the word of God. The preaching works by the working of, of the Lord. And he guides to obey, to remember, to recognize the ways. Remember, when the Lord spoke to the two men walking to the road Emmaus, those two men were amazed that their minds were opened. We have heard in Church of Grace Community Church that many people that have been in various churches and out of nowhere, they hear the word proclaim, the word faithfully taught, and they themselves say, we need to hear the word preached. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. We hear Jesus' words, his voice in the scripture. We hear his word in the scripture, in the scripture, in the revelation. So the exposition of the word is vital. It's vital to know the will of God, to grow in maturity. It is the means in which God has designed within the means of grace, the primary that the church is to expound the scriptures, to demonstrate, to expound what God has revealed, to make it clear, to proclaim, so that we can be instructed to grow in maturity. We're going to speak on baptism. Baptism. 
baptism, the Lord's Supper, prayer, communion, and church discipline. These are various means in which we'll be speaking of today. The Word of God, baptism, the Lord's Supper, prayer, communion, church discipline. The church was designed to function in communion. I cannot be exposed to the Word of God if I do not assist. How do I know if they are telling me the truth? Brother, I can see the church on YouTube. You don't know that person's life behind the screen. You, how do you know? How do you not know that they are truly living the biblical truth? It is not the form of the church. I have heard, perhaps you also, church online, church online, or the church on Facebook. The church doesn't work that way. Not because I don't like it. Because God has not designed the church that way. The church works, functions between how we interact one with the other. We see our blind spots. And we learn from the fortitude of our brothers and sisters. Because, because we know that there are, there are not leaders that know it all. We know that there, there are leaders that do not know it all, but they know those various things in which perhaps Others, leaders, may not know of, but they are still used by the Lord to grow in maturity, to guide you. Just to make that clear, God has designed the church to function in in communion, in community. One verse that I want you guys to remember is First Peter chapter two verses one through three. Maybe you already know it by memory. I'm going to read it. Casting away, therefore, all malice, all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and all distractions, desire unadulterated spiritual milk, like newborn children, that by it you may grow up unto salvation. If you have tasted the kindness of the Lord. First Peter chapter two, verses one to three. If we have been truly been born again, we are going to desire the word. Not un- not adulterated, not mixed with philosophies of men, not with good ideas of men. No. We want what the Lord has given us because that is sufficient. His word, his unadulterated word. That is what is going to bring a true change in my life. John chapter 17, verse 17. Sanctify them in your truth. Your word is truth. We have already spoken about the thermometer of our maturity. 
I want to briefly remember how Second Timothy chapter two four Paul tells Timothy this. I entrust you these things to you before God who would judge the living and dead. Second Timothy chapter four verses two through four. Paul is very firm. The Lord Jesus who will judge the living and the dead. Preach the word. In season and out of season. Reprove, exhort with all patience. You see how the word is the base of all things. Timothy must encourage and exhort everyone to repent. Call, tell people to repent with much patience. Teaching to preach the word. That is a base that the word that is being preached will cause an effect. When Timothy preached the word preached, when Timothy preached the word faithfully, it caused an, an effect of change. If you are a member of a local church, it's not, what can they give me? It's not, here, I'm going to sit down to see what they can offer me. What type of coffee do they give? How beautiful does a preacher preach? What can I obtain from this church? No. That's not the perception that we receive from the New Testament. We come here to serve, to learn, to invest of others that others may invest in me. So the, so the question is, when was the last time your brother's growth was a priority for you? When was this the last concern in your life? I'm going to do this so that my brother may grow. When's the last time you asked yourself this question? I'm going to do this. When was the last time you asked yourself, when or when if am I going to invest my life in this brother's or sister's life so that they may grow in maturity? This, this brother or sister may not know a lot of people in the church, but I'm going to approach them because I want them to feel the love of Christ, that what Christ has done in my life may be reflected in, in the love shown in me. This is a, a motivational, something motivating It's not, oh, good thing, what a great thing, what is Jacob? We we ought to have this mindset with the, that they may say, oh, it's not how great um, this person is or how that person, but rather that they may say, look how great the Lord has been in this 
in the life of this brother or sister. When someone gives us a compliment, we ought to say, it's the Lord. Sometimes brothers, sometimes some people tells, we tell them, thank you, thank you. We must tell them, on the contrary, brother, it's the Lord that has been gracious to me, that has changed me. We must, we must always have this in mind to tell the brothers where this blessing comes from. It's from the Lord. When they tell us how generous you are, we must remember and tell them, no, brother, it's the Lord has been so very generous to me. We must tell them, brothers, sisters, the Lord is not going to abandon you. What we, that what we do is not so that people may speak well of us, but rather that the name of Christ You guys have this two signs of Colossians one twenty eight. Who wants to recite it? What does Colossians one twenty eight say? We admonish every man in all wisdom to present every man. Mature in Christ. We are here that once the sinner that has been saved, they grow in the image of Christ. And that one day that sinner can stand before the Lord, that they being more like Christ, more similar like the character of Christ. It is a a beautiful thing to have this in mind, remembering why we are here. When you walk in and you see the sign Colossians one twenty eight, you ought to ask yourself, why am I here? Why am I assisting here? Well, so I can invest my life in others, that others may invest their life in mine, so that we may be more like Christ. This this takes us to the communion. Communion. Because there are so many verses in the New Testament. If you have some time at home, do a home study about the one another's at home. And you're going to re- find... That the context is about the local church within the believers love one another. Romans twelve ten, First Thessalonians three twelve, First Peter chapter one verse twenty two. I'm not going to recite them all. Living in harmony with one another. Romans twelve sixteen, Galatians five twenty six. Receive one another. Romans fifteen seven, admonishing one another, admonishing one another. Colossians three sixteen, caring for one another. 
1 Corinthians 12, 25. Serve one another. Galatians 5, 13. Bear one another's burdens. Be patient with one another. Ephesians 4, 2. Be kind to one another. Ephesians 4, 32. Forgive one another. Ephesians 4.32. Sing praises to one another. Colossians 3.16. Esteem each others as superior to himself. Philippians 2.3. Tell one another the truth. Colossians 3.9. Encourage one another. Follow good toward one another. Encourage one another to love and good works. Hebrews 10.24. I I don't want to encourage my brother or sister to be more selfish. Not to be more gossiping. Telling them, do you remember when this brother or sister did this to you? No. Rather, because that will take to bad works. Oh. Oh, brother, they did this against you. Let's do this to them. No, those are worldly thoughts. We must do as much as we can to keep those thoughts away from the church. We are called to have harmony with one another. Confess sins to one another, James 5.16. This doesn't speak about um, the Roman Catholic Church with the priest. No, rather it is speaking of saying, if we sinned against a brother, we go to them and say, brother, I know I have sinned against you. What can I do to resolve this issue, this sin? Forgive me what this, what happened. I decided that this would have never had happened. Pray for one another, James 5.16. Sometimes our prayers, sadly, are, are like cards like children, I want a tractor, I want a ball. It is so filled on us. Sometimes our prayers sound the same way. Lord, give me this. Give me this. Lord, give me this. Lord, give me that. Give me that. And we see that in the order in which the Lord gives, that there is time in which we do pray for our need. Give us our daily bread. But rather, that is not the principal thing. But rather, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done. Help us to forgive. It's more than just asking. The Bible teaches us to pray for one another. That during the time of prayer that we have, that it ought to be more filled with more love towards our brothers and sisters. For example, my brother and sister is looking for work. This brother is sick. This brother is preaching the gospel to his neighbor. Praying for the salvation of someone who is lost. My, my pastor has a conference in one month. We are praying for them. And we may say, brothers, we don't know what's going on in the life of my brothers or sisters. That's a problem. You ought to know what is going on in the life of your brothers and sisters. It's not hard. The Bible, 
the Bible says, those who want to bring friends, just do it. Just confront and ask, brother, how is it with you? Pastor, how is it with you? How can I pray for you? What are you doing in this month? How can I pray for you? Or there are many ways in which you can know how you can pray for your brothers or sisters because you, we have been commanded. Be hospitable to one another, First Peter 4, 9. Be humble to one another, First Peter 5, 5. The question is, you may already know. Can we do this all the way from the church? Can I do all these things behind a TV screen? No, it would be impossible. I cannot obey all these um, commandments of one another behind a TV screen. They are there so that I may obey them within the local church. We may say, I'm a Christian. I'm a Christian. I go to church. We have a personal relationship, but I don't want to have anything to do with the life of my brothers or sisters. But rather, you are, if this is your mindset, you are not obeying anything that the Lord has said. Finally, quickly, we also speak about the baptism. The Lord has given two ordinances, baptism and the Lord's Supper. Baptism happens one time. When they are born again, they... They repent, they repent of their sins and give testimony publicly in faith in Christ by baptism. If someone gets baptized, unquote, unquote, not being saved, it was just, um, just a, a little dip, like a little splash. Because baptism is a proclamation what Christ has done in my life. I'm identifying myself in his life and his death and his resurrection. If I have not been saved, I cannot give a testimony of that. When a person observes a baptism within the church, in the context of the local church, how can I be that as a means of grace. It is interesting to see a baptism, to hear the testimony. I am remembering what the Lord has done. We are remembering how good and powerful God is in salvation. There are testimonies that impact us. We say, how can we say, Lord, how did you transform this person? How did you pull them out of this lifestyle? How powerful you are. Thank you for being so merciful and powerful to save. We are encouraged to see brothers and sisters wanting to obey the Lord. We ought to have that passion to obey the Lord. This is not a testimony for the world. The world doesn't understand what's going on in baptism. 
the baptism, the believer knows what it is. The world does not understand how Christ has saved them, how Christ is the resurrection, how Christ is represented in baptism. This is a blessing to the church. The Lord's Supper, the communion, is something that has to be practiced. Just like baptism has only been practiced only one time, quickly now. The Lord's Supper has many benefits. We are reminded that Christ has died in our place. I am participating in the bread and the wine. I am remembering the death of Christ. This re- reminds us of evangelism. This reminds us how that we ought to evaluate our lives. If there is a sin in which I have not repented of, I have to repent. What is the option? Or I don't know if it has happened to you. I have spoken to a couple of people in the moment in my life that tell me. It's because I am not taking the Lord's Supper. It's because there's a sin I have not uh, repented of. Okay, how long have you been there for? Oh, eight months. There's a problem. The solution is not stop taking the Lord's Supper, but rather repent of that sin. It is a constant reminder of making repenting of your sin the easy solution is stop eating the Lord's Supper, taking the Lord's Supper, and continue the disobedience of not repenting. The Lord's Supper is a reminder. Reminds. the It, it motivates us the, awaiting the return of Christ, that it is uh, imminent. And finally, I finish in two things. And it is prayer. Prayer brings dependence upon the Lord. If we are praying little, it is because we are believing, we are depending so much upon ourselves. Martin Luther used to say, I have so much things to do. I have to Spend five hours to pray. What do we say? I have so much to do that I don't have enough time to pray. I can't pray because I'm so busy. We are to be dependent upon the Lord. We believe that we are so strong in our lives. We go to our jobs and we do our jobs because we know how to do it. No, we ought to say, Lord, help me this day. I need that you sustain me all the days. Help me to defeat the sin, whichever sin we may battle against. Help me because I can't do it. I fall. I need much of you. I depend upon you. Praying helps us understand the the divine wisdom of the Lord. The Lord, um, the prayers help us understanding the will of God. 
because even though he already knows all things, we ought to pray back the scriptures. When, when we pray, we pray for the salvation of others. We pray also so that we may grow more. The church discipline is another means in which the Lord uses as a means of within the means of grace in the church. You can write this down, Matthew 18. If your if your brother or sisters have sinned against you, go and tell them their fault. It is not, I'm not going to go and gossip. No, I'm not going to go and put it on Facebook. You go and you talk to the brother and sister that has sinned against me. And I am going to resolve it with them. And if they repent, it's the end of it. We forget it. And I will never bring you back up to the memory. Oh, brother, do you remember four years ago you did? No. That is not the forgiveness of the Lord. That's not how the Lord forgives our sin. The Lord has forgiven, has grabbed our sins and tossed it to the deep of the seas far away. So so that it will never be brought back into our thoughts, into our mind. That's how the Lord has forgiven us. So we ought to seek to forgive our brothers and sisters with a sincere heart. If a, bro- if a brother or sister has repented and asked for forgiveness, yes, the relationship has been restored. The sad part is when it doesn't happen. If they listen, you have won a brother. But, but if they continue in the practice life of sin, bring one or two witnesses. I'm going to go look for one or two mature brothers. It's not that I'm going to go and talk. I'm just going to. The mature brothers and sisters are going to come and observe and take an opinion of whether if the brother and sister has sinned, they are going to tell them to repent. Now, if the brother repents, glory to God. What the church discipline looks for is the repentance of a brother or sister. Once they repent... It's done. There's nothing else to do. Step one, you and him. Step two, you and two more witnesses. Step three, if they do not obey, if they do not listen, tell it to the church. If they do not listen to the church, treat them as a Gentile, like a not believer, like someone who does not fear the Lord. What does the church discipline look for?
is the process to give the brother or sister a time to repent. This is a means to protect our sanctification, our purity. Now, the Lord has left to churches these things, but there are some churches that jump all over and skip certain steps. Some have not spoken to one another. They have not applied the steps in which the text speaks of. The purpose is, is not to shame them. The purpose of the church discipline is that the brother or sister may repent, that they may go back and doing God's will. If that happens in the first step, glory to God. Finally, I finish with this. Can a believer accomplish all this while away from a local church? No. That is why the church functions in one, in these ways. No one will be able to take care of my soul. They're not going to be able to know my blind spots if I'm not with inside the local church. I'm not going to advance in the ways of the Lord if I'm not within the local church. I We ought to say that we are in the need of church. We are in need of the brothers and sisters. The victory is sure. If you are a believer... If you have been born again, we have joy because you will come and see the face of Christ justified with no with no spot, with no fault, with no blame. Imagine being before the presence of God and you don't have to bow your head of shame. Not because we're good but because Christ has paid all of it, all of our faults, and we can see God and love Him without shame. Let's pray. Father and Lord, thank You for the blessing of the church, the blessing of produce in us genuine to grow in maturity, to do everything to honor you, that we may worship your name. Help us to bring glory to your kingdom, glory to your name. If there are some here in this present that do not know you, Father, that they may meditate and know who Christ is in their condition, that they are dead spiritually, how you offer salvation. Like John says in John 3.16, all those who believe. Help them to believe. Work within their heart. Father, please bless the church and what you have done today. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.